Today we have with us our missionary in Tirana, Albania, Bledi Valca. I know that you all, when you read it, want to say Valca, but it's Valca. The sea in Albanian is almost like a sea. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit of Bledi. I've met Bledi for the first time in 1998, when he was not even 18 years old. was a very young man with a great desire to know God. And at the time, I was a follow-up coordinator for World English, World English Institute. It was a time when there was no internet, and the correspondence was, do was done by normal mail. So the books were sent to the student that made the request. They had a teacher. The student went through the books, gave the answer, sent them back. And you know how long it took, you know. Sometimes it took a couple of months for the response to come back. But anyway, what I did was I'll go to all of those students that either needed some new materials or the students that have requested that they wanted to be baptized. And Bledi was one of those that have asked the teacher that he wanted to be baptized. And when I went to Bledi's place, it was a few hours from where I lived in Tirana, but Bledi was one that, a young man that really had found Christ, and he really wanted to follow Christ. So, I know, you know, there are stories in the Bible. There is the story of the eunuch when he was reading, and Philip goes there and he says, hey, there is water, what stops me? So Bledi said, I'm ready right now. So we traveled back to Tirana together, and Bledi was baptized in the presence of course, of God and many other new Christians in the Church of Tirana, which was a new church at the time, you know, only been existing for a few years. Ever since that time, Bledi has continued to be that guy that has the great desire to serve Christ, but now not only to learn about himself, which he never stopped studying and, you know, learning, but he has had the great desire to teach others also to teach others how to follow Christ and how to come to his light. And the other thing that Bledi has been able to do with the church in Albania started in Tirana and then it, you know, rippled into other cities in Albania. And those people all needed someone to help and instruct. And Bledi has been one of those that he has embraced the leaders in the other congregations in Albania and has been always willing to help them learn more and grow up or grow in their faith and in their knowledge. So this is a little bit I wanted to tell you about Bledi, and now I want to tell him like what we say normally here, preach the word, brother. Good morning, church. Pleasure to be with you as always. And uh, it's... It's been amazing that uh, we've been journeying together since 2009, but you've been journeying with the Tirana Church since 1998. Uh, our church cannot find a more uh, faithful partner in the work of the gospel than Merville Church of Christ, and we would like to thank you for, uh, for that. Mission is and should be the center of our lives, and this church uh, uh, exemplifies that in the support to missions and in the efforts to reach out with the gospel to uh, other, other people. I, as I was, uh, I was preparing my thoughts to share, I was reminded that 
this state has a flower that's the iris and uh, I've come to appreciate the iris for many reasons one being your state flower but the other one I've come to appreciate uh, um, uh, the iris flower is because of friends who really are into irises and uh, interesting enough I, uh, I found out that iris is, uh, is a Greek word for rainbow and rainbow is a Christian symbol is our symbol of God's promises that he is always faithful and we should be reminded of his faithfulness the other thing that I've come to appreciate the the iris uh, especially these friends who work with irises and cultivate them uh, this friend of ours uh, who has, has shown us to us that in the process of cultivating irises they are so unique that they give people's names to their uh, to their specialty and uh, there are Irish societies that get together and, and do com uh, competitions. A reminder that all of us are uh, a colorful people of God. We are also a unique people of God. God has made each and every one of us in a wonderful way, and He has yet made each and every one of us in a, in a, unique, in a unique way. And we are blessed. We are blessed to be associated with this very colorful and unique group of people here at Maryville Church of Christ. So uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you for being you, and thank you for partnering with us in the work, uh, in the work of, the, of the gospel. David, in the Psalm uh, 139, a psalm uh, well known and uh, loved uh, by Christians, says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Amen? I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a message uh, worth, uh, worth believing and worth, uh, uh, worth sharing. Uh, we are, each and every one of us is in a, in a unique way, colorful and unique and wonderfully made because we are His, creat uh, we are his uh, creatures. And, uh, and I, I still wonder, is this great news or not. I don't know, do you? I think one of the challenges today is that we live in a time and age where news is difficult to define. News is difficult to define. We have lost the meaning of news. And I will tell you, uh, I will tell you how, uh, uh, how and why. Because some people have called it uh, uh, the, uh, our news situa uh, situation as infodemic. That's the word that they, they've used. Infodemic. And ironically, the same people who are saying we are in a crisis of news are the same people who have abused the category of news. And how have they done it? Well, we all have heard of fake news. We've heard of fake news. In fact, uh, uh, it's interesting en enough that uh, United Nations, and every time they write the, uh, the term fake news, they also put an, uh, a line on top of it because this is not news. And we've seen uh, uh, how much uh, fake news goes out. And then we have this other kind of news. It's, uh, I call it PR news, public relations. You know, when you come up front and you say something and you smooth it and you, uh, you bring it together, but you, you know deep down that's not news, it's lie. Well, sometimes it's, we call it marketing. But uh, when we start, when we start uh, coloring the news, 
we started having problems with it. And there's this other kind of news. Uh, uh, it's also known as public service announcement. You know, when the government comes in and say, we have an announcement uh, of a public service. So here is what, uh, how li your life will change or how, what we are doing to change uh, your, your life. And usually these categories of uh, PR and public uh, uh, service announcement are about the same thing. And they create more problem w with us. And then we have this g other group of people who endorse anything and everything as if the quality of their, what they are endorsing is dependent on who is presenting the item or the news. And you probably are wondering, what does this have to do with a Sunday morning for a church gathering group of people? Because when news becomes a problem, then the gospel, the good news, is difficult to define and proclaim. Because people no longer believe in the category of, uh, uh, category of news. But this morning, I'm here to tell you, all of, all of you, if you are members, of, if you are visiting, you are a colorful, unique, wonderfully made uh, group of people and individuals to praise Him who is worthy of all praise. Amen? Amen? We better start believing this, and we better start leaving this, and we better start sharing this reality to, to, uh, to other people. Because the Bible uh, t tells us in Romans 4.25 that the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. And yet, He was raised to life for our justification. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we have uh, violated the holiness of God and who He is and what He stands for. And that's definitely bad news. But the good news is that Jesus, our Lord, He was delivered over to death for our sins, so we don't have to pay for our sins. And He was resurrected. He came back from death to life, overcoming sin, to tell us that we can live with Him forever, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? You know, uh, I... I I, I had the mug because I needed to drink water, but I think it works well for my purposes today. Because uh, each and every one of us come in contact with people God uniquely and strategically has put in our ways to share with them the gospel. The truth is, we cannot share the gospel as enemies. We share the gospel as friends. Sometimes over a cup of coffee, sometimes sharing in the grief of each other, in the burdens and the joys of each other. As we speak the word of truth, the saving gospel message into their lives. As we become friends and not enemies or angry people who are out and about and shouting to, to other people about everything and anything. But as we, as friends, as we do life, as we are in the presence of one another, as we are enjoying a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or uh, uh, over, over a meal, uh, I think uh, it's important for us to remember this image of friendship as we speak words of truth and this great news in their lives. So if you are a Christian, 
this reality is a great news. It's a great news worth sharing. And if you are not yet a child of God through Christ Jesus, this is a message worth believing. This is a true message. And it's a true news, even with all the fake news, PR news, public service announcement news, all those type of other news that are really do not deserve the category of news in and of themselves. But that's what you and I have, and that's what you and I are called, are called to share. Now, what I do personally in many years of ministry, I've come to understand that people need to hear the message at different times and in various ways. And so as I'm over a cup of coffee with them, I try to think with them and work through these questions when, I, when I'm with them. And probably these are the questions you have as you've come this morning. Does God exist? Is he real? Because I look into my life, I want to find an answer, I want to find a solution. I wonder if he is and, if, uh, and where, where he is. And this is where you start sharing some of those facts about the, evidence, uh, the existence of God. Because the thing is, uh, when we start looking at the world around us, what do we note is order, design, wisdom. And those things cannot just happen by accident, as you say in, uh, in the U.S. We say by chance in, in Albania. You know, when you look at creation, when you see, look around, you see order, you see, you see design, and if, you have, uh, if someone came into your home and saw that your apartment is, uh, or a, ho a house is really nicely done, you, uh, you, one of the questions is, did you use an architect or did you do it yourself? Because there is design here, so it should be a designer behind. And the same thing uh, when it comes, uh, to, comes to God. Now, the second question I try to ask is this question, well, if God exists, has he spoken? You know, some people believe that God may exist, but he is too high and too above, and I'm too small for him to be interested in my life. Why would he speak into my life? What does he have to say to my life? And I think this is an important question for another reason, because you come in contact with people, and people have different views uh, about God's speech. People think differently. Uh, well, God has spoken here, but he has, not, he has also spoken here and here, and we call it holy scriptures and holy traditions, and then human reason and, uh, and human experience, and we start adding layers and layers and layers, and then uh, you come in contact with people and discuss with them, and said, well, your Bible might say, but my book says what I know says. And so I, and I, I think, um, I know personally, especially as a college student, I remember getting into some discussions, especially with Muslim students, who were very active about their faith. And for, with them, the discussion was, the Bible says, the Quran says, 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 and you start raising those voices uh, and you don't go anywhere because you are talking from two different sets of books or you are talking of two different sets of uh, uh, authority. And so I think it's important to be introduced to this idea of God's speech and especially 
God has spoken. He has spoken in His Word, the Bible. And uh, that is very, very important. It is at this point that I go to the next one where I, uh, I try to talk to them about, well, if God exists and He has spoken, what does He say? What does He say? Because if we start telling them uh, about what God says in His Word, without them believing that this is His Word, and as some, uh, well, God doesn't even exist, so uh, the process gets, uh, gets really, really mixed, mixed up. And this is where we teach what God teaches in His Word about Him, about men, their relationship, and do that in a nice way. Um, usually when you look at it, you will find that uh, the entire story of the Bible can be easily uh, brought into four crucial themes. First is that of creation. Everything starts in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And we see how he begins everything and how he starts a relationship with men, but soon this relationship is broken by sin. That's why the good news is Jesus was delivered for our sins. And, uh, and people start moving away from, from God, but uh, even there God promises redemption. He says there is a descendant of Eve who will come and crush the head of the serpent or, the, or, or Satan until one day we will live with him forever in a life that we really want and desire. And so uh, as I look through this, uh, you will know that you will have some repetitive material and that makes me think of two things. Number one is someone has said that for a person to believe the gospel, they need to be introduced to the gospel several times. He gives a number in this, uh, in this one book about seven times or, or approximately. But that also reminds me, and, uh, and, I'm, uh, and I have to say this, it reminds me of two special people who are in this audience, uh, Dennis and Frida Weinbarger. They come from the New York Avenue uh, congregation in Oak Ridge, and they were missionaries in Duras many years ago. Now, uh, Dennis is a retired preacher, and uh, preachers uh, know that they share the same stories over and over, and our wives get to hear them over and over. And at one point, Frida says, Again? <laughs> and, and, uh, and so uh, we, we remind them, uh, we, we are reminded of their work in the gospel, uh, and we are reminded of this uh, ongoing thing with, with them. But because we are reminded that my wife gets to do again. And probably you are, we are going to feel at the end of this presentation, as, uh, as I will share with you some, some ways you can share the gospel with other people, or ways I try to share the gospel with different people, is again. Yes, the gospel is the most important news we have to share. And uh, it is the center of who we are. It's the greatest message we have to share to other people. So, so yes, again, many times, in various ways, until people really get it. Now, hopefully not all presentations at once, okay? But, uh, but here's uh, uh, some of the things that I've found in years that have come uh, very, very helpful. Now, you remember the time where books were not nicely packed like we do, and they rather had scrolls? 
You remember, uh, you probably have not lived that time, but you have read in your history books. I'm hoping that's the case. And so they rolled their books, and they had the books like this. Parchments were long. Uh, the scrolls were long uh, at the most 35 feet. So we have, uh, we have two books in the Bible, the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Now each one of them, if they were to be kept separately, would be 31 to 32 feet. Usually they have them long as 35 feet the, uh, the most. So Luke finds himself in trouble trying to talk to Theophilus. And so he says, Okay, Theophilus, I researched everything, here it is, about Jesus. And he comes to the book of Acts, the beginning of the book of Acts, and he says, in the first book, most excellent Theophilus, I talked to you about the things Jesus began to, to teach and to do. So when he says in the first book, that means this is his second book. And the first book is about the things Jesus began to teach and to do. So this is the continuation of that book. So he, he ends up writing two different, uh, two different books for him. Now, what I have found very helpful, uh, and, and I, say, I share this especially for those of you who feel like they do not have enough knowledge to share with other people the gospel. Well, if they allow, start with them reading the book of Luke. Reading. And then move into the book of Acts. I found that reading through Luke and Acts has been a very, very helpful method to share the gospel with, with other people. In fact, a couple of the people God has blessed me with the opportunity to share the gospel in the last two years, we've gone exactly, done exactly this. Read through Luke together, very few uh, notations, read through Acts, and then one day one of them came to me and, and said, he, he came in my office, he was joyful. You could see the spark in his face. And it was like, okay... This, this looks good, so I'm, I'm anxious to see. And the person that we had just finished reading through Luke, just started on Acts, we were in Acts 2, and he said, I know what I need to do. I need, uh, I need to be baptized for the forgiveness of my sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What we did was just read through Luke and read through Acts together. And in fact, when we came to Acts 2, he had the answer without me uh, saying anything. So maybe this is one thing you can do. Luke starts with what Jesus began to teach and to do, and then he continues in Acts with the church, continuing uh, the work of, of Jesus. And interesting enough, Luke ends uh, in, the, in the last chapter with Paul in, in in the uh, Roman uh, in Rome as a uh, prisoner or house arrest, and strangely enough, when you read the end of Acts, Acts just ends. I mean, you are hoping to hear something more, but it just ends. Maybe Luke, the Holy Spirit through Luke, intentionally is asking us what Jesus began to teach and do. What his church continued uh, to teach and do, will you continue it? Now, uh, when we read through Acts, we have examples of people who come to faith. And we also have examples of people who do not come to faith. To remind us that not everyone who shares, we share the gospel with will actually believe it. 
And that's why uh, it will become important to uh, preach the gospel to them again. More, more, than, more than once. I think this is uh, one that uh, this church needs no introduction to. Uh, but if you were to use the materials, and, and I think you hear of this all the time, uh, so I don't need to speak uh, longer on, on this, uh, but I will share one thing that uh, it, I find it interesting. I asked one of our brothers in Tirana who has run an advertisement for those of you who are coming from this congregation and others to uh, Albania this summer. I said, how is the advertisement going? And he shared with me an, uh, a piece of information, and he said, well, what I put online, it has been read 100, uh, 158,000 times plus in a matter of few days. People who have looked into the advertisement and are willing to come. So if you are coming to Albania this summer to teach, God bless you. We look forward to see you there. If you, are, uh, if you know people who are coming, pray for them, help them, support them, and continue the, this, uh, not only in Albania, we love to have influx of people in Albania, but the gospel needs to be preached outside of Albania as well, uh, in, in other countries, and we always would advocate for, for that. Um, you probably have seen this presentation. It's a simple but very important presentation. If you were to look in two... Uh, two passages of scriptures. One you know well from 1 Corinthians 15, where we are given the gospel, and Romans 6, that we are talk, uh, we talk about, uh, we hear uh, talked about the, the baptism. The comparison between the gospel and the baptism is simply amazing. And I, and I share this for the simplicity of it, if you really need something uh, to have in your hands. Because Paul says, the, this is the gospel. Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, and he arose the third day, according to the scriptures. Death, burial, and resurrection. Death, burial, and resurrection. And at our baptism, that's exactly what happens. And he, he says that, we die to sin, we are buried with Christ, and we are raised with Christ, uh, uh, we are raised with Him to, to eternal life. Now, uh, the context in which Paul gives Romans, and this is important to rem remember as Christians, he is uh, giving this passage to Christians and reminding them of the life of holiness they should have. Because he says, remember when you were baptized into Christ? When you were baptized into Christ, you died to yourself, you were buried, and you rose with Christ to walk in the newness of life. So, live lives of holiness. Live as new people. And as a reminder for all of us as Christians today that we have died to ourselves, we've been buried with Christ, and along with Christ, and by Christ's power, we were raised to life, to walk in holiness. Or what he calls in the newness of life, the new, the new, uh, the new life. Uh, you probably have seen some of these uh, uh, helping, uh, helps uh, gospel being preached with beads. Uh, someone asked me uh, yesterday about my, uh, my bracelet. Uh, it's a bracelet I hold dearly because uh, a preacher of the gospel from South Italy, a friend of mine, gave it to me. And I find it very interesting because it provokes discussion. 
especially provokes discussion during the times of political campaigns. When people wear them and say, oh, so who are you rooting for? Who is your favorite candidate or party or uh, platform? And I tell them, well, look at it. What do you think? What do you think? And they look at it and say, it doesn't look like a party or a candidate. And I said, what do you make of it? And they, in my case, they start with, with the cross. And uh, this is one of, those, uh, one of those examples. You may not uh, use a bracelet, uh, but you may use a keychain. And this is a, one keychain you can have. So in, if you are looking for a new keychain, uh, take some beads with these colors and use them to preach the gospel. Because sin is dark, Christ's blood was shed uh, uh, to wash our sins. By His blood we are washed in the waters of baptism and we are made pure or white as snow. We grow into Christ so one day we will be in heaven with Him and where He will give us a crown of righteousness. To us and all, all those who await His glorious appearing. So if you are looking for a new bracelet, or looking for a new keychain, consider having one of these because it will strike some conversations and you can again preach the gospel to, to them. Um, one, uh, one way that, uh, you know, the book of Romans is used many times by different groups to preach, uh, uh, to preach the gospel. A couple of weeks ago, I was actually given a ruler that had these uh, verses and said the Roman way. But... Uh, we, uh, some people use the book of Romans forgetting that Romans was a book that was written to Christians. People who were already Christians and they tried to make a long and uh, theology out of it. And Romans, and, I, and I, the reason I find this helpful is because uh, in this case you would be the whole time in one book. So uh, Romans 3.23 says we, for we all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but eternal life, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. If we confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, that's what the text uh, says, uh, then uh, we will call upon the name of the Lord, and we already mentioned Romans, Romans 6. So, if a person is in Christ, he is a new person, no longer in the law uh, of sin, sin and death. And uh, very important, after Paul has done all of this, he said, now, therefore, because everything I've told you so far, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you will see what is the good, pleasing will of God. And then he goes on in more details what that means in, in, the, life, in the life of a person. Now, uh, I already mentioned this, in, uh, this idea of frame. Uh, I call it the framework of the gospel. It helps me in the process, but the gospel is this, in a way. We were created for God and by God, yet sin broke it. And then Christ came to redeem us. So one day we will be with him. We will be with him for, forever. Different presentations put this differently. Uh, maybe the words will help you. How it all started. What went wrong. 
can something be done or how we all will end or how it should be God creating everything in a relationship with people how actually it is because of sin how it can be because of redemption in Christ and how glorious it will be because of what will come what will come next um, one of the things that people are looking for these days is a purpose in their life, a compass to direct their lives. So talking about purpose can be a good way to, can, a good, good way to say the same things. And uh, if you like uh, alliteration, if you like devices that they help you remember, this one is good because purpose, well, the, uh, the plan was, as we've said, created in his image to be with him. The, uh, the paradox is that though we were created by him, we were created for him, we know that something is not right. It's not where, how it should, it should be. So uh, uh, we are, uh, identify the problem being sin, the uh, relationship broken. I like uh, when uh, you went down with your song because the, the part he, he went down was we are broken. How important is for us to remember that we are broken and, uh, and God wants to make us whole as he promises. Um, this will be the final one. We love home. Home has his amazing promises for us. Um, there, is a, there are some interesting studies about accidents in the car and I, when I first read this it was like, Wow, there's something here. Most of the car accidents happen within five miles from home. Why? There is something of us running to home. And there is something of us having just left our home and that feeling of uh, uh, blessed assurance or pleasantness that we have because we are in an environment where people love us and like us and we are with them and so uh, either going to home or leaving home we just feel at home that's a pleasant feeling for 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 all of us but uh, in a world broken by sin unfortunately many homes are broken and in fact talking about God as the father as a loving father becomes difficult, especially in families where there is domestic abuse. It's difficult to talk of home, but most of us uh, have been blessed with pleasant thoughts of home, a place we want to go and a place we uh, feel safe when we, uh, when we go. Remember what Jesus promised to us? or what he promised to his disciples that is a promise to us. They were saddened that he was leaving. And what did he say? You know, I'm going home. I'm going to prepare a place. And I will come. I will take you with me. And we will be together forever. Now, you probably by now are wondering why all these uh, presentations that I brought to you. It's 
because the gospel needs to be preached again. People that God has strategically put in our way, potentially over a cup of coffee, or at the water cooler at work, need to hear the gospel. And depending on where they are, depending on the relationship you have, sometimes you talk to them about home. Other times you talk to them about purpose. Other times we talk to them about a way. But each and every time you are giving the same saving gospel to them. And uh, more, more, more than once. So, have you found your home? Have you found your purpose? And have you found your way? If you haven't, we are here to tell you that you are colorful and unique, wonderfully, fearfully and wonderfully made by him who is worthy of praise, who loves you so much that he wants you home. He wants you to find your purpose. He wants you to find your way. And if there is anything that we can do to help you with that, please let us know. And if you have found the home, the way, or the purpose, but you've wandered from it, then this also is an opportunity to return home. It's an opportunity to find your way again and to return to your, your purpose. So if this is, uh, this is you, please let it be known. Come forward or go, to the, uh, go uh, to, uh, to the library where the elders will be welcoming you. If you need to come to Jesus, if you need to return to him, or maybe renew your commitment to sharing him with other people, or have other prayer requests uh, that you have, this is a time for you to do it. Thank you.